Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Connected Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology, and anything else that feels right. I am Sasha Rusu, Account Director for the TED Department here at Mediacom. Hello, and I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And our guest joining us today, big one, big, big, big one, the creator and founder of The Connected Podcast. The daddy of The Connected Podcast. <laughs> Mr. ASD himself, Andrew Spirio-Dawes. How are you, sir? I am good, thank you. It's lovely to be here. It is odd to be on the other side of the I was about mic, to say, you know? do, you, do you want to do the intro? Because you can, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice the artwork had changed. We fought so hard to keep that um, for so yeah. long. Listen, it's all good. just don't, 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 no, don't get me. Marketing, yeah. good. Yep, all good, all good. <laughs> <laughs> ASD is the head of precision in MIR for Wavemakers Consultant Hub in London, where he's been working for the last 10 months. ASD previously worked here at Mediacom as a global digital director, leading digital strategy whilst planning and buying for numerous global clients. With more than 14 years of digital experience, he continues to specialise in everything data, audience science, analytics, e-commerce, search, social and content in order to play a positive role in digital transformation, activation excellence and precision product development. Um, ASD, it's really good to have you here, really good to see you again, um, where we'd have to talk about Man United or Spurs. But um, you were one of the unfortunate ones who moved roles during, uh, you know, the pandemic. How was that for you? How's the last year been for you? Um, not only on a work level, but also personally. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, obviously, I've moved and people have been asking me, you know, how's it? And I'd say it's, it's really great. I really love it here. But and it's really different and it's more different than I expected it's going to be. But in a good way for both sides. Do you know what I mean? Um, I did seven years at Mediacom and in that time, had two kids, bought a house, spent more time there than any other place I've worked ever. And so it, it it will forever remain part of my heart. But coming here, new opportunity, and I've really, really loved it. Really, really loved it. And um, I, I don't regret doing it. The move to Wavemaker during um, COVID, not really a problem. I mean, you know, going in for my first day was really exciting. Uh, first time I've been in the office. I did come back to Mediacom to go into the office, but it, it, I didn't see anybody, you know. And so starting, it was dead quiet. And so I, I've still largely worked from home. I have discovered I I do about, I reckon, four times as much work at home rather than being in the office. And now I've I've now set my diary. to. I'm starting to put in the offices on. So when I'm in the office now, I people get an email saying, I'm not really looking at emails. I'm seeing people and I respond to you when I'm working from home because that's when I actually get work done. Um, on a personal level, it's good. You know, I had a kid during lockdown. That one's now, she is now two and a half. So that's a lot easier. Um, and we moved them into the same room. So we've got this room now back to ourselves. So we're getting a little bit of space. So I'm getting a bit more control back. I've also gone veggie, sugar-free and booze-free. And I mean, I didn't really drink anyway, but that has been great. My energy level's gone up. My skin's, I've always had bad skin. My skin's got better. Um, so that, that's been good. So it's all, it's all good. You know, life's good. So to give us the sort of, you said good on both sides, kind of, yeah. you know, it's very different good on both sides. Give us a, give us a, a difference for each one, if you see what I mean. Yeah, uh, and I think it's very simple. Mediacom is a massive established business, ways yeah. of working, heritage, legacy, and lots of people, lots of amazing people. That's the bit that when I wrote down my pros and cons of both jobs, the access to brilliant people uh, was the thing I was going to miss. I haven't really lost that because I still speak to people, um, uh, so that that hasn't gone. Um, 
Wavemaker was founded in 2017. I know it was the merging of two businesses, but yeah. it is two new businesses. Yeah. And there was the original CEO and then Toby went over two years ago. So it, it's still it's still finding its feet. And mm. for someone like me who operates in sort of who operates quite well in chaos and can go and establish mm. things, it it's working out really well. So Medicom was great because I could learn a lot, establish processes. This is the way we do things. Wavemaker, I could be far more influential in terms of building things and helping and applying my skills to those. So it it it, it it's great on both sides, and I I I think it was I, I love them both. Now, inevitably, when we come talking about the last couple of years, we get onto issues of obviously vulnerability, of resilience. Um, you've always been um, kind of like really open with me and with your podcast um, listeners about about vulnerability which I think is 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 a sign of of good leadership um what experiences either in your career or in your life that would you point to that have taught you or helped you with the resilience that you've had to establish over the last couple of years oh man so many I mean I'm just a bunch kind of, of problems got. yeah exactly I mean <laughs> I did a year, year of therapy to talk about this but I, I'm just a bunch of problems right I've I've got a real problem where my ego grows exponentially but then it's always matched at the same rate of incredible imposter syndrome you know and within that there's I've got inherent anger and my weaknesses are really strong in me I have to fight those all the time and so I also think because I had things going on in my life outside of work when I was younger, which just gives me context for work, where work's just work, you know, I I know I'll be able to find a job. If things go bad in work, I can take control in other places of my life. And it, it, it's not the thing I build my personality around. So I've got the ability to be vulnerable. And also I feel me being vulnerable and me putting myself out there gives other people permission to feel vulnerable as well and to be more human. And so I know the question is, um, my experiences and I've written a few down the first one uh, I moved I started the Walker Media independent agency very aggressive uh, really hard place to work there's loads of good people at Mediacom who are at Walker and you can plot the good people by if they grew up at Walker Mediacom is obviously a great place to start and grow up but Walker teaches you a lot of things if you can survive there I did think you could survive anywhere although you come out with a lot of trauma um, so I went back uh, I left because my ego got big and I was like, I'm going to be a, 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 a account manager in uh, at Zenith, hated Zenith, quit without a job to go to. I was looking like I quit after four months because there was a week where I had two slides on a deck to write. And I was like, I need work to do. I need to do good work. And um, so I, I was looking around and then Clive Record was my boss who had just started the screen department. And I thought that's really exciting because it was the first time digital and TV had been put back together. This is years ago when video was quite a new thing. And so I wanted to learn. And so they said, look, if you come back, I didn't go begging for a job, but they said, look, you can go run a TV and digital department. Great. So I was able to learn those skills. Um, and I did a couple of months and the, the head of the department who used to be a um, TV guy took me into a room with the CEO at the time and said, ASD, we get it. We're going to make you an AD Jan 1. And I always remember the Jan 1 because I'd never heard it phrased like that. Jan 1, this was in September. A few weeks later, we landed a brand new client, a holiday client, and I had to onboard them. I had to do all the, the tech set up, tagging, things like that, which is incredibly stressful getting that right. Planning and buying and reporting by myself for their business period of the year. Um, by myself completely by myself and I was so stressed so stressed I threw up blood twice in the toilets at work I was I was it was so that bad is, that is not good that's no hard. it's not good but I learned yeah. I learned from there yeah. um I learned how to um control and well th there was other things as well so the uh 
there was no dummy credit card details. So when I was testing the tagging and the, the variables in the tagging, um, they said, we'll pay you back straight away. And remember, this is going at Christmas time. So I bought four holidays on my card and they didn't pay me back till after Christmas, despite the promises. And so I had no money. I didn't buy any Christmas presents that year. Wow. So I was just incredibly stressed. And it got to jam one. And I was like, I've done an amazing role here. I've killed myself almost literally for this role. Nothing got to the end of January. I was like, what is happening? And my boss said, you keep going. You'll hit that promotion. I was furious. I, I couldn't tell you how angry I was. I was and the, you know I've got anger in me but that was rage and so I knew then and there that I was going to leave that job but because I'd only been at the previous job you know six, seven months to four months past my three month notice period I couldn't have two lots of my CV of really short periods so I was waiting for two years I knew I, I quit so I finished the day uh, mm. of my two years there but it just meant my whole time there was based on anger and mm. it was a really unhealthy way to live really unhealthy it meant I clashed with people um and I really lacked the ability to see where my issues were because I put it I attributed it all back to my problems and it was a real chance I, I clashed with um someone on another client she was just doing her best with quite a difficult client but we clashed regularly I now know that I lack the communication skills mm -hmm. and the up and upwards management to be able to deal with it so it's stuff like that um and then one more, one at Mediacom, uh, I tell this, that I was, I had a good year one year. I won, I was Mediacom's first ever 30 under 30 for digital. I'm really proud of that. And after a few years where we didn't have it, I, I won it. And I'm really proud of that. We also had, we were doing a work on Tesco where we won the Can Golden Line for data. I was leading Tesco during that time. I was also up for another award. Like I, I had a good year um, personally and my ego went through the roof. Um, and my boss sort of stopped talking to me and I really need leadership because I've got so many problems I really need someone I can trust to give me strong mm -hmm. feedback and they just stopped talking to me as much um and what I realized was I took on uh there was a guy who Nance phoned me up and said we've got a guy uh he came out of prison last Tuesday do you want to have him for work experience for a week I was like obviously yes I love that people is, is everything I do so we were talking we we're talking about books in this this man and uh, he was talking about books that have been banned he's talking about the 48 laws of power um and i was like that's amazing it got banned from his prison i'm definitely going to read that um by robert green and the first law of power is never outshine the master and i thought that's it so i went back stopped making it all about me calm my ego down and my boss stopped started talking to me so it's it's those fairly extreme situations where i learn i learn from doing and being in the situation rather than um rather than reading about it, I have to experience it for various reasons, but there's a million more of these I, I could go through. That's just two. Um, you paved the way for someone like myself to be involved in the Connector podcast. You came up with the idea where you wanted to create, I guess, a foundation between senior leadership and employees working at Mediacom. And of course, you went to see with the greatest idea for a connected podcast and they're being discovered to me and hopefully we can pass it down to more people as well. That all comes from culture, that all comes from belonging. And I think you understood that very quickly in your time at Mediacom. How important is belonging to you? Um, and especially within the workplace, how important is it to belong? This is a really hard question for me. Because um, in, in many ways, personally, I reject belonging. I think it, it, it I mean, 
because it, it, what it does is it, it puts you part into part of a group and it means you open up and that, that just leaves you vulnerable to being hurt and due to I mean frankly but due to the trauma I faced when I was younger I've become extremely self-reliant and so I tend to push back belonging to groups because if I'm self-reliant I don't need anybody and people find that very intimidating as well like but the fact I don't really need people um and I know that's not healthy uh, and I need to be vulnerable um so belonging is really interesting when I first started 14 plus years ago it felt like there was a real certain way of being you're in the pubs Thursday Friday night and that 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 was the culture and it was very specific if you needed to belong that's what you needed to do and behave like and I, I hate that that's nothing to do with me so that that was an odd one I didn't feel part of that um and then belonging businesses often say you know we're a family we're not a family you know I, I won't go to a, another father because he's offering to pay me more I, I've got more opportunity to learn and that's not a problem you know businesses are you pay me for my output for my time um, and we need to recognize that so that sort of belonging is a bit odd the bit I find interesting with belonging and I love a bit of Louis Theroux I really like extreme behaviors because I feel it's a bit of a mirror isn't it because all those extreme behaviors we have in ourselves it's just they've explored it or seen some something broken in them that need means they need to explore in those ways and from watching all of them multiple times I have come and this is purely just my it could be crazy I'm sure you put it apart Sue but I think there's three things that the people in that we need and that I think there's one we need to feel loved two we need to feel like we belong to a group and three we need some control and I think we can translate that into our working lives and like one being loved just being appreciated for our output but also the context of that output as well so it's not just are you doing good work but it's what's the situation have you got a tough client are you a single parent are you working in a system that's built for middle class white males are you all in a one bed flat working around the same kitchen table as your partner and in a noisy flat you know we have to being loved means being appreciated for the output and what you're delivering um so that's being loved number two i think just being appreciated as a unique and beautiful being that you are with that unique and beautiful point of view that massively benefits businesses if we're all the same what's the point of us so that's being part of a group by being appreciated for being different and then third and finally you know feeling I have some control just having some control Jocko Willink who I, I love calls it decentralized control just having that control over our output and our to-do list and just making sure you deliver I think that's what belonging means to me from a professional point of view so um being appreciated for the content your output and the context of your output being appreciated for um the beautiful person that we all are and then having control of what we do i think that's what belonging means to me what do you hope to achieve by the end of the year i want to build my emir digital team into a community and see people develop that's the most that's my most important personal goal you know, the thing i said earlier about heritage we we don't have many systems and processes and ways of working about and uh, being a community and i'm i'm going to change that um i want to hang my hat on winning some clients i'm going to do that we are launching some amazing products in two weeks but we're launching more i'll we, you'll see them but we look with some game changing stuff here um by the end of next year i will have done two years in my current role so i, I will have advanced uh, i hope and on a personal level i really really want to be a better and more emotionally mature father and husband i still lack a lot in that area because of that self-reliance you know having two kids and covid and everything that came with that meant all my coping methods were really exposed and kids do that to you anyway but i really want to concentrate on that particularly as you know 
I've got two young girls. It doesn't matter if they're boys or girls, but I've got two young girls. I just want to be the best dad for them. Martin Freeman actually wrote that sitcom a few years ago on Sky about being a young dad. And in an interview, he said about how being a dad now is the most different it's been for any father from their father's generation, you know, because of how society has developed. And that, so there's, there's not as much of a guidebook for me on how to father. And it, it's hard. It's really hard. So I want to be more emotionally mature. I want to get down to 75 to 80 kilos. I want to get um, my uh, rate, my fighting weight back. I want to get my 10K back down to 40, uh, at minimum 45 minutes. And I'm a printer, a printmaker. So I want to sell 10 prints uh, to strangers as well. Because um, I'm getting better at that. Good list. Yeah. <laughs> now we're getting onto the questions that you used to ask and that you're yeah. going to answer. So... What is your favourite line from a poem, a song or a book? All of these questions, uh, there's loads of signalling involved. And I've tried hard to avoid signalling, you know, saying how I'm this great, intelligent person or whatever. So, uh, but it will come across because I don't know how how entrenched my mask is. So uh, the thing that I've got is, um, I'm a big fan of Kay Tempest, the um, musician, well, she's, they, sorry, they are, a poet talker hip-hop artist just a creative being who's been through some stuff and their book uh, on connection i i love maybe because it's one of the few creative books that i've read that's not focused on the industry but um, i really love that and in that there's a couple of things there's one but i've only got i'm going to read one out and it the the quote is a long one i'll choose a line from it it says next time i'm about to cast a harsh judgment on a stranger who offends me can i allow myself instead to see them as the flawed and complex human that they are full of heartbreak loss ambition and disappointment walking a volatile path of all the things they've ever failed at what about next time I'm about to judge my nearest and dearest harshly for hurting my feelings in one way or another? Can I do the same for them? And it's that idea of just stop thinking about myself, see people for their vulnerabilities, because whether we're coming up against rival agencies, whether we're coming up against people who annoy us in the street, people who annoy us in our agency, whatever it is, we we build the story in our head of what, what their actions mean. Actually, there's a ton of things that we don't see, and I'm the most guilty of that out of anyone else. So... I guess the line is next time I'm about to cast a harsh judgment on a stranger who offends me. Can I allow myself instead to see them as a flawed and complex human that they are? So my favourite question, as you know, you were a genie. What five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? And I'm sure I don't need to tell you I'm not allowing phones because that's just too easy an answer. So. Yeah, I wouldn't do that anyway. I was thinking that. I've got one which I'm not sure how you're going to rule. But bear with me. So okay. a pair of running shoes. Uh, yeah. So a Salomon Speedcross fours. They're trail running shoes. I wore them. I did a 100k run uh, many years ago now, and that's what I wore when I ran in those. And I love these shoes dearly. Um, I'll, I'll they're wear not them. Really commonly available. Those. Yeah. Ones, but we can get you. A, no, but we can get you the brand. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wales. It's the greatest place in the world. It's got the greatest people. It's got the greatest land. It's got the greatest history. Is I love it. So Wales. Yeah, this as is you know, one. we do allow we do allow large land masses. So Wales. yeah. Uh, I've got a sketch pad and pen. I'm not sure if that counts as two because you know I'm a very I draw every well, day. We're going to give. We'll throw those in together. Thank you. <laughs> a records. Uh, you know, I love my records. I've been collecting since before they were cool. Yeah. Um So we'll get you. Put, we'll get you a a, re a clash record. Oh, thank you. And then a white T-shirt. I buy them from Love Dynamite from uh, the I love white T-shirts. That's that's all I wear. Good, good, good list. Yeah, I like it. What is your single best skill? 
this was hard because in some ways mm. I'm rubbish at everything. But then recognizing what I'm bad at is quite a good skill. But I think just fearlessness. I, I, I don't mind making mistakes, and I don't mind making mistakes for other people as well, and put myself out there. So, and I don't mind being me and being vulnerable. So I think because it empowers so many other people, that sort of fearlessness. But then my curiosity. I'm very curious about lots of things. But I'm going to say fearlessness. What would you practice more if you had the time and the space? Learning Welsh. I'd love to learn it. I, you know, I don't have the accent and it is the language of my forefathers. So learning Welsh. Nice. Where in the world? And I don't know if you've been listening to the previous ones, but I tend to guess these. But somehow I feel like you probably pick like Elden Ring or something like that. But where in the world, the real or fiction, would you like to live and why? Wow. You have made assumptions based on uh, many things there. Um, that was what I was hoping when we, we wrote this, when we wrote this question. But I'm giving you... Um, there's a Welsh word which doesn't have a, a natural translation in English called hiraith, which is the longing for the old land the way it used to be or just for home. I've been in England nearly 18 years now and it's not my home. It's the home of my children. Obviously, I love my children. I tell you what, um, I know I know we're running out of time, but I was teaching Zoe, my five year old, uh, would you rather's. Her first one was, you know, would you like rainbow hair or uh, I think it was uh, uh, a unicorn horn which is great yeah. and the second one was uh would you rather be alive or s- see your mum again and I went whoa oh, I said, wow. wow right big question <laughs> big question for a five-year-old and then this, the third question which is where I'm going is would you rather be in England with your babies or be in Wales which again <laughs> cuts my heart in half but um it's Cardiff but the idea of Cardiff in my head sort of a home so that's me that's amazing I certainly would have guessed. Um, and now yeah. the question, as you know, which you cannot prepare for, I'm holding up three cards from the School of Life. I'm going to call them A, B or C. Andrew, which would you like? A, please. Oh, the best person I ever worked for was so good because? Well, it was so many good people. Um, and I think it goes back to my point about belonging. They were they allowed me to do my job. They appreciated what I did uh, and they appreciate me for who I was. So they were very flexible in their communication and very direct. Um, so there's lots of people who are flashing in my head and they all have that similar consistent theme. They all they all told me where I was wrong, basically, I think. So I think I think that's it. But that's they still make question. you feel like you belong. Yeah, they let me be me rather than yeah, yeah, this yeah, other yeah, model yeah. that I, yeah. I think sometimes it's put forward. Brilliant. Well, ASD, I just want to give you a personal thank you for, I guess, being the, the innovator that you are in creating this. And I hope to continue in your footsteps uh, to, to make this even better. So thanks again. Oh. Hope to have you on the podcast again soon and wish you all the best. Thank you, man. I just want to say thank you to Sue because we, we were able to build something so big. And I'm very proud to be able to hand it over to someone like you. So uh, thank you for having me on and I hope to see you again soon.